not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. We come boldly in the name of Jesus. Your word says, come boldly to the throne of grace. That we can obtain grace and find mercy in the time of need. And Father, without your presence, without your spirit, without your word, we are nothing. So I step back so the Spirit of God can use me to minister life to the singles that are watching and that are here. And I thank you for their lives being transformed. I thank you for their lives being whole and being healed so that those, Father, who have a heart and desire to to be married one day they'll be ready not just physically but father they'll be ready mentally spiritually emotionally and financially and i declare for signs miracles and wonders to follow their lives as they hear as they believe as they receive and as they do this word in jesus mighty name everybody say amen amen god bless you you may be seated i can't help but just smile on what I'm teaching you today. So last Sunday we started a new series entitled Unfiltered. Everybody say unfiltered. So if you're visiting us physically in the house or if you're viewing with us digitally for the first time, the whole month of September, everybody say the whole month, the whole month of September, we will be separating our congregation into different groups so that I can minister effectively to them. So the service that you're attending right now, or if you're viewing right now, is actually designed for single individuals. Now, if you're here and you didn't know that it was going to be a service for singles, I'm going to encourage you to just hang in here and listen anyway. Or if you're viewing and you're married, you can just log off and go to the 9 o'clock service because that one was meant for married people. But if you're here in the house and you're married, stay in the room, you'll learn something, and you will appreciate the fact that you are married. (laughs) All right, so the reason I've I've named the, the, the series Unfiltered is because the subjects that are on my heart to talk to you all about, uh, there's some things that I'm going to need to say in an unfiltered way. You say, well, Pastor Evan, what do you mean by that? When I say unfiltered, there are going to be times that I want to say some things in a way that's going to be strong. How many uh, have ever had liquor before? Raise your hand. Liquor, 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 liquor. That's all? Oh, my God. Lord, please help me filter through these lies. Let me ask again. I did not say if you had liquor last night. 
I just asked the question, have you ever drank some liquor before? Let me see your hand. Oh, there we go. If you're watching or viewing us online, if you've had some liquor before, just put in the comment section what kind you had. But when I say what I say in a concentrated way, that, that's going to be Elder Eben talking to you. There's three of me. You got Eben. You know, they don't call me pastor at home. My kids, my son, he don't call me pastor. Heaven don't call me. So that's Eben. That's the regular guy. Then you have Pastor Eben. That's who you see most of the time. And I'm communicating with you. But then you have Elder Eben. And Elder Evans is that guy that's going to say some things that are very direct, very strong, very foregoing. It's like liquor. You know, most people, when they drink that strong stuff, you know, they typically dilute it. You know, if you get some, you know, some gin, you know, gin and tonic or some rum and coke, you know. But, but, but when people do that, they're not, they not real drinkers. Real liquor drinkers do not dilute the liquor at all. No, 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 no. They throw that stuff down straight and it burns your throat. It's like a high. And it goes down, but what? they're not concerned about how it burned their throat. They're concerned about the after effect. That's what Pastor Evan or Elder Evan is going to do today. Just be concerned about the after effect. And just let me say this. If I say something strong, if I say something on the edge, it's Elder Evan. Just know that if I cut you, Pastor Evan going to come behind him and stitch you up. So today, if you're taking notes, our message title is Marry or Burn. Now look at your neighbor and say, he already talking to you. I only put it in the comments and say, he already talking to you. Marry or burn. So let's just jump right into scripture. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 through 4. This is in the New Living Translation. This was Paul talking to the Corinthian church. He says, now regarding the questions you ask in your letter, yes, is it good to live? Yes, it is good to live a celibate life. We could just do a whole sermon on that right now. Everybody say, it's good. It's good to live a celibate life. You say, what does that mean? A life without sexual activity. It's good. Some of y'all are saying, it's not good. It is good. That's what the Bible says. He says, it is good to live a celibate life. But because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. Please say amen. Let's jump down to now verse 7. Verse 7 says, but I wish everyone was single just as I am, Paul says. But God gives to some the gift of marriage and to others the gift of singleness. Verse 8, he says, So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it is better to stay what, church? Stay unmarried. And see, some of y'all right there, the devil is a lie. I don't want to stay single. He says, it is better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if you, if they cannot control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It is better to marry than to what, church? 
than to burn with lust, this version says. Now, if you read that verse, if you don't watch it, you can read verses in the Bible wrong. Okay, because in this case, you could walk away and think, oh, I just need, I'm burning. I'm burning, Pastor Evan. I am burning. I need to get married. Will you marry me? You're just picking anybody. But that's not the case. I like the way the NIV version of this verse says in verse 8. He says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. It is better to marry than to burn with passion. So here's the question. What do you do with the physical passions or the emotional passions that burn on the inside as a single person? Now, let me just ask the question just to clear the room. I want to ask the question online. How many of you want to get married? If you're watching us digitally, I want you to put in the comment section, Pastor, I desire to get married. How many in the room would like to get married one day? Let me see your hand, the hands. All right. All right. How many said, Pastor, I'll pass that opportunity up. Let me see your hand. All right. Okay. People that are just divorced, that's why. <laughs> I ain't doing that no more. Here's the question. Here's the question. Are y'all ready for me? Are y'all ready for me? Are y'all ready for me? Y'all must say, be ready for me. That's okay, though. Here we go. Here's the question. Does marriage quench these passions? Let me give you the answer. No. If marriage cured these passions if it quenched the fire then guess what we wouldn't have all these people who are married cheating see here's the thing fire isn't bad as long as the fire where it is is in the right place. See, right now in 2021, from January until now, almost 2 million acres of land has burned in California right now. Thousands of homes and, and, and vintages. See, some of you wine drinkers, maybe your brand is low because it got burned by the fire. Homes and wine vintages and ranches have burned to the ground because a fire, listen, was lit in the wrong place. And that's the thing. These passions that you have, God gave them to you, okay? But if you burn them in the wrong place, they will burn you up. Now, see, right here, we have, look at this. You know what? I thought about, how can I demonstrate the negative impact of fire to my singles? Because fire is good if it was in a fireplace. It's designed to what? Warm and give you like an ambiance. And, you know, you sitting down, watch TV, you got the fire going, it's all nice. But what if the fire was lit 
in a place it shouldn't be. Is it going to be a nice ambiance or is somebody going to burn up? Well, I decided, you know what? The best way to demonstrate this with these single people is to set a fire in the church. So why don't we just build a, a fire here and, and uh, do we have a fire extinguisher around here? Go, somebody need to go get a, Pastor Johnson went to go get a fire extinguisher. He gonna need one. Okay, so, so here's the thing. This wood represents all the passions you have. The problem is, thank you, I'm not gonna operate it. <laughs> this wood represents these passions you got going on on the inside. The problem is, those passions were only designed to be fulfilled or managed within the context of marriage. And the moment you build the fire or start a fire, and I'll get into how you do that, if it's not in the right context or place, it will burn your life up. And so, here we go. We got wood. And, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure this works. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know if I thought this through all the way. Woo! Smell like some of that liquor y'all had last night. So, why don't we just... Put some of this on the wood because it, it, it's going to take some gas for it to light, right? Let's just let's, let's do this, yeah. Uh, I got to wet it up real good. Why, well, what, this is your passions. Come on now, you know you out of control. You out of control right now. Can somebody come volunteer and light this for me? What do you think will happen if I light that? I probably won't have no eyebrows for tomorrow. So we're going to hold off on that. We're going to hold off. That same fire that would light a fireplace to keep your home warm and keep it safe is the same fire used in the wrong context that will burn things up. Listen, marriage doesn't cure lust or passion because if it did, people would be content within a marriage and not cheat and sleep around. Say amen to that. And God has designed marriage to be the right place for your passions to, to be managed. So if marriage is the place for me to satisfy my passions, here's the question. Because Paul said, hey, it's better to marry than to burn. It just sounds like I just need to pick somebody. Here's the question. Do I compromise my beliefs, my standards, or even my desires that I have 
in just wanting a mate because I'm driven by my passions. Somebody answer that question. No, because if that's the case, if your passions are going to drive you into a relationship, you could end up marrying people who don't even have the same beliefs that you have. So here's the question. What do you do with these passions? Listen, until the season of your singleness ends. Because you're going to have them. You can pray all you want to. So let me give you a take-home statement quickly, and then I'm going to answer that question. Let's, let me give you a take-home statement. You're not qualified for marriage until you're overqualified being single. Some of you all want to be married, but you're not a good single right now. You're, you're not a good single. You, want, you don't even want to live with you. That's why you want somebody else. So what do you do with these passions? Here's point number one. Stop gaslighting your passions. Now, I'm not using the same gas, you know, gaslighting as y'all use it right now. I'm saying stop gaslighting your passion. In other words, stop starting fires in the wrong places and with the wrong people. The New Living Translation of Galatians chapter 5, I see you all, I'm going to have to work with you all today because I, y'all, 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 I got to work with you, but that's okay. I'm in for the ride. Here we go. The New Living Translation of Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 says this, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, let me just say that the sinful nature is your flesh. The Bible says there is nothing good in the flesh. So when you want to give somebody a piece of your mind, don't do it. You need all your mind. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Watch this. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Now, the King James says this. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. Now, this verse is saying, listen, if I feed my flesh, I am going to commit these acts of the flesh. And these acts of the flesh are going to cause me, watch this now, and my passions to burn outside of the context in which God made it. So a fire that is built in the wrong place can end up burning out of control. Now let me tell you what's interesting. The word fornication there, the Greek word for that word is pornea. Everybody say pornea. Pornea. And this word pornea, it means to have illicit sexual intercourse. And of course, that's outside of marriage. Now, this root word, uh, this word pornea, is where we get our root word pornography from. Now, if you're going to manage the passions that you have until marriage comes, you will have to stop gaslighting the things that keep you ablaze. Just look at your neighbor and say, you look like you burning. Go on and tell them. <laughs> Listen, if you're going to manage these passions before your time of marriage, you can't, you have to stop gas, you have to stop gas lighting the passions. Should we do it? Let me put some on. Ooh. Ooh. 
Because some of y'all are gaslighting your passions. You know you shouldn't go over her house that late. Gaslighting. Gaslight. You, you need to put a filter on your phone. Listen, listen. I'm telling you. You get... But that's what some of y'all are doing. The Bible says, can you put fire in your bosom and not be burned? Oh, you clicking from here. He not saved. Why are you giving him your number? Gaslight. You cannot watch the show, The Bachelor, or some of these crazy reality shows and not burn with emotional passions that tend to remove, listen, the realistic side of dating and mating. Because, you know, girls and girls are good today. It's quiet, ain't it? I mean, it ain't good according to the Bible. Amen. And the way social media and the internet is designed, it's easy to access things of the flesh in the world. It wasn't like that when I was growing up. I'm 56. See, you can just log on now. Amen. You just log on. We couldn't log on. You had to go buy a magazine. And they check your driver's license if you had one. Watch this now. James chapter 1 verse 13. Verse 13 says, let no man say, because I'm going to show you now. Many of you think that your passions are coming from the outside. You know that woman you saw? Or that fine man you saw? You think that you that way because of what you saw. No, it ain't because of what you saw. Listen to what James said. James said, let no man say when I'm tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man, every woman is tempted when they are drawn away of their own lust. Ain't got nothing to do with nobody else. And enticed. Watch verse 15. And then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. The reality of the situation is this. You don't have a sex problem. You don't have a pornography problem. You have a passion problem. Say amen. amen. Pornography is just a place where you are gaslighting your passions when that place is for marriage. Which brings me to point number two. If you're taking notes, here's point number two. Your faith, listen now church, I know what I'm talking about. Your faith must quench the fire. Your faith must quench the fire. You know, the scripture says in 1 John 5 that this is a victory that overcomes the world even our faith. So there's something that God put on the inside of every believer that will help us, watch this, overcome the excuses of why we can't overcome something. He put it on the inside of us. Greater is he that is what? In me than what? He that is in the world. So, Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to show you that your faith must quench the fire, that passion. It said, finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he says, I need you to take unto you the whole arm of God. Why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Watch verse 14. Therefore, having your loins girded about with truth. I want y'all to see that these are like offensive weapons he says you need to gird your loins with the truth and then you need to have on the breastplate of righteousness and then you need to have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace but verse 16 now is about to show me how to use fire to fight fire use my faith watch what he says above all okay wait a minute wait a minute wait we just we just named we just listed some 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 uh some armor. Did y'all see that? He said the breastplate and he said the, the feet shot with the gospel of uh, uh, peace. But then he says above all that, taking the what church? Come on church. Come on church watching me. He says above all taking the what? Shield of faith. What is the shield of faith for? That I'm able to quench how much? How much? How much? Oh, watch this now. The fiery darts of the wicked. The word fiery is the same word burn in 1 Corinthians. He says better to marry than to burn. That word fiery is burn. So what he's saying is the shield of faith that God has given us is able to quench listen, every burning desire that you might have your faith can quench it if you know how to quench it. Your faith can quench your fire. Look at your neighbor and say my faith can quench my fire. Come on, those of you who are online, just go ahead and type it in there. Say, my faith can quench my fire. Because see, I know your fire is blazing out of control right now. Because you need to stop gaslighting that fire. So how does this work? How does this work? If my faith can quench the fire, the passions, if it can quench it, then how does it work? Well, if my passions are not being properly managed right now, that means now my passions outweigh my faith. You all agree with that? So that means now I need to grow my faith to the point where my faith or the fire, notice it said my shield of faith can quench the fire. I need to grow my faith. In Romans 10, 17, we know what it says. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, the, the word of God. So let me say it this way. So then faith grows by hearing and my faith grows by the word of God. So now if my faith, the shield of faith that I have is going to quench the fiery passions or burns that come my way, my faith must be strong enough and big enough to overcome that. So guess what? That means now I'm going to have to start hearing something I ain't hearing right now. Are y'all with me? Notice that it does not say that faith comes by knowing and knowing by the word of God. And that's why a lot of people's problem. They think that knowing the Bible is going to help you do the Bible. No, knowing the Bible just helps you know the Bible. I mean, Uncle Willie at, the, at your family reunion knows the Bible. He gets drunk and preaches to everybody. So faith does not come by knowing the Bible. So how do passions work? Listen. Passions start with an image or a thought. An image or a thought. That's how it starts. And most people, because they're not paying attention to what they should be paying attention to, those images or thoughts 
stick. And next thing you know, you're planning back out. So it starts with an image or a thought. But either way, listen, both of these are handled the same way. So here's the thing. If I don't gaslight this image or this thought by allowing no thought, that thought or that image to stay, I can quench it. Now, let me go back to Ephesians 6.16. I'm going to read something. It says, above all, taking the shield of faith. It's going to help me quench these burns, these darts. So listen, if faith comes by hearing, listen, then I must speak faith or the word. Because if faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, then the word and faith are synonymous. I can't have faith without the word and I can't get the word without faith. So they both work together. So listen, now in order for the words of faith to take a, 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 a part of my system, I have to now do what the next verse says in Ephesians 6. Watch verse 17. He says, and, and is a conjunction. He says, so in addition to taking the shield of faith so you can quench now these passions, he says, in addition to that, he says, you can't do it just with that. He says, and take the helmet of salvation and, watch this church, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then he says, praying always with all prayer and supplications, which brings me to point number three, which is this. You must fight fire with fire. We got a fire. We got a fire. We got a fire. Should we do it? Should we do it? Maybe I'll wait till y'all exit the building. Let's put some more on there. Y'all smell that gas? Y'all smell it yet? <sighs> the only thing that's going to overcome a fire is the fire. Watch this. You must fight fire with fire. Ephesians 6, 17 said, and the, take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with our prayer and supplication. He, listen to what he's saying. He's saying, use the sword of the spirit, which is the word to speak to the burn. I'm going to say that again. He's saying, use the sword of the spirit. It said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He said, take the word of God and speak to the burn. Your mouth got you in that mess. Your mouth can get you out. Oh, no, 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 no. Your mouth got you in that mess. Well, Pastor, I ain't say nothing that bad. You gave them your phone number, didn't you? What did you do to do that? Your mouth. He's saying, use the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to speak to that burn. James chapter 3, verse 4 says this about these words our mouth he says behold also the ships which are so great and are driven with the fierce winds yet they are turned about with a very small helm wherever the governor wants it to go verse 5 even so the tongue is a little member it boasts great things behold how great a matter a little fire kindle it look at verse 6 and the tongue is a what church what is the tongue the tongue is a fire okay so I got to fight fire with fire if I'm going to win. So now let's look now in Acts chapter uh, 2. Because what I'm about to show you now is that the word of God references the Holy Spirit in scripture as fire. 
Look at Acts chapter 2. It says, and on the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And that sound, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And verse 3 says, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as fire that sat on each one of them. Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 says this. Uh, this was uh, uh, John speaking. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that comes after me, he's mightier than me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He, Jesus, shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So if you're going to win the passion fight, you got to fight fire with fire. So, Pastor, how do I do that? See, the Spirit of God is like fire. And if I yield to Him, He will help me quench the fire of the passions on the inside. Because, see, His role in my life is to strengthen me where I need help anyway. Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the New Living Translation says, And the Holy Spirit helps our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed with words. And then the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us as believers in harmony with the will of God. The Holy Spirit's job in us is to help us and strengthen us when we're in the midst he's considered fire so you might as well be spitting fire when you're in the midst of fire man i dare you bro i dare you listen when he asked for your phone number and he finds a dime with some change left over but you know that you know that you know that he is a hoe you know he is I know you're flattered just because he asked you for your number. What you need to do when he says, hey, baby, can I have your number? Did you get that? Because if you had tongues and interpretations, you'd have heard me say, run, Forrest, run. God's presence in us is a fire. Hebrews 12, 29, I'm closing right here, says, For our God is a consuming fire. The problem is we're gaslighting our passions. We're sitting right up in there. Because it's water. <laughs> but see, some of y'all playing with the fire. So how do, we, how do we apply this? Because this is real. And here's the problem. If you don't learn to manage your passions now, don't think you're going to get married and manage it. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit, one of the fruit of the Spirit is temperance. That's three words, temperance. 
So as a believer, God's already put on the inside of me by way of the Holy Spirit a fruit called temperance, which means self-control. So if I cannot control self-single, I will not be able to control self-married. So listen, is marriage... The cure for passion? No! Because if I don't manage my passion as a single person, I won't be able to manage myself married. So guess what I need to do? I need to now manage myself now. So how do we start this? Here's number one. Here's number one. Here's number one. You got to be real and yield. Just be real and yield. Just say, God, because see, some of us, uh, some things got triggered before it should have. You might have had an uncle or your mom or daddy, somebody that was involved in some stuff and you saw something you shouldn't have saw. And it's unfortunate that happens to people. So something got lit. You know, I know uh, in the book of Songs of Solomon, I know it's referencing a person, but one of the verses says, do not awaken love before it's time. And some of these passions got woke up. From things that we shouldn't have never heard or seen. So you just got to be real. And I think sometimes we think God will feel sorry for us. And say, they can't handle it. Let me just send them a mate. No. See, God ain't like hood teachers who pass you anyway. Because they don't want to see you again in the fourth grade. So they just pass you. Whew. I'm going to let so-and-so have him. So you just pass him. God don't do that. No, no, no. You, you're going to take that test and you're going to take it 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 and you're going to keep taking it until you pass. So you got to be real and yield. Number two, you got to cut off all entrances that gaslight your passions. You need to cut them off. Listen, if, 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 uh, uh, Instagram, that's a good one. Uh, let me see if I can get this right. Uh, small waist, cute face, and a big bang. Is that how they say it? How many know what I'm talking about? You know, how many don't know what I'm talking about? You lying. Here's what's sad. Some of this stuff on the feed, you're going to get it just because you own the fi- you own the thing. Ain't got nothing to do with what you're searching for. But some of y'all just need to cut it off. If, if, listen, if the internet is your issue, cut it off. Just call the company and say, hey, I, I don't want internet for 30 days. Or what you do is you get one of your friends to change your password. So you can't log on it for 30 days. You say, Pastor, I got to do my work. Okay, well, 9 to 5. You log on. Six o'clock, they change your password. They're going to be like, you got about 30 passwords, sir. I know. It's my business. Cut off all entrances that gaslight your passion. Some of y'all are in some relationships you shouldn't be in. Your flesh got in it. Your flesh is still in it. You need to get out. Just, just, just do it. Just, passion ain't that easy. It, I didn't say it was. But the question is, 
How long? Because it's, it's lighting your passions. It's not pushing you towards God. Okay, let me get off that because y'all just real quick. Okay, number three. Put this message in you until you can almost repeat every word. Watch it over and over. Come on now, y'all watch these videos over and over and over again, right? You listen to your favorite song over and over and over again. Listen, watch this video till it's, till you almost know everything I'm going to say. Here's number four. Create a short confession that helps you declare victory over your passions and the flesh. Because faith comes out by, by hearing. So if faith comes by hearing, somebody needs to be talking. Right? Might as well be you. Here's the next one. Pray in the spirit so he can strengthen you before, doing, or after temptation. Look, I had a friend years ago. He got by eight kids. But I'll never forget, you know, we was in high school. And, you know, he was, he was busy early. I mean, I, 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 I was a virgin until I was almost a junior in college. It's quiet like, he made it that far? <laughs> Some of y'all looking like, I don't believe him. Whatever. But this guy, I'll never forget, he was like, see, he was saved. You know, I didn't get saved until I was 20, but he, he, he was like praying, saying, Lord, forgive me. And he was ten, putting his pants down, Lord, forgive me. What, what, what kind of prayer is that? How you going to ask for forgiveness and you ain't done it yet? Man, I dare you to just bust out in tongues. I dare you. Can I just challenge you to speak in tongues more? Just, just do that. Just do that. I know, I know you, because some of y'all feel trapped. You're not trapped. The devil wants you to think you're trapped. But see, greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. God would never cause us to be victim to the enemy. Jesus, first of all, Jesus already, then I already defeated him anyway. But I want to I want to encourage you to pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the spirit, go on the website, type in the word tongues, and I just process that whole thing from start to finish. There's about four or five lessons, and listen to the first one, the second. By the time you get done, you should be speaking in tongues. And if not, call the office. We'll walk you right through it. Begin to speak in tongues because the Bible says he strengthens us where we're weak. And then here's the last one. Fess up if you mess up. Fess up if you mess up. And then here's number, here's the last one. If you desire to get married, pray and thank God for your future spouse on a regular basis. So there are some people, did y'all get something out of the lesson today? So with every head bowed in the room, thank you, Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. Look up at me. I forgot to announce this, but on the 26th, we have a guest speaker coming in named Apostle John Eckhart. Look him up if you don't know who he is. He specializes in deliverance. He knows faith. When it comes to demonic, he could just, I mean... So I've invited him because I believe that there are times where strongholds may exist that it takes an apostolic person to, who gifted, who's gifted in that area to help. And so Sunday morning, 9 and 11, he's going to preach and teach. But that night is going to be a night of deliverance. 
So if you just, I mean, he ain't going to be calling you out and say, hey, you got five husbands, not like, not like that. No, no, no. No, no. But if you desire deliverance in any way, I want you to come that night because it's going to come down. And I just believe there are going to be some things that you've struggled with for years that's just, they're just going to drop off of you. So you can bow your heads now. Father, thank you for your word. Hallelujah. I just hear the Spirit of God saying, yield. Just give me that. Just give it to me. Let me handle it. And Father, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that every person watching and listening that you will go down inside and begin transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us are filling these passions with things that will never fill it up. The woman at the well that we talked about last week, what's interesting about her is she left Jesus and went into all the town and said, come see a man have, that have told me everything that I've done. See, a lot of times we're trying to fill voids. We're trying to fill them with compliments and with clothes and my question to you is does your value come from your valuables or do they come from who God has called you to be so father as they lay down at the altar these passions I pray in the name of Jesus for deliverance in the name of I call every spirit that is just fighting what I'm saying right now I arrest you in the name of Jesus I plead the blood of Jesus over every person who's watching me and over every person in this room and Lord I declare freedom spirit soul and body in Jesus name and I thank you for a new level in Jesus name Maybe you're here today with every head still bowed.